When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. They may not be that smart and they may not be that pretty, but they like to talk about Cardiff City. It's the view from the ninny and with views from the ninny and not shoes from the ninny and the view from the ninny and... After two wins in a row, must come a slight fall, and we'll be discussing that on today's View from the Ninian. As always, joining me, Ben Price, Tom Phillips. Ben, happy fireworks night. Hope your dog isn't going too mental. He's currently downstairs barking like mad. He's no, not enjoying it. We can't hear him, so he's doing a good job of barking quietly. And Tom, um, are you scared of fireworks? Imagine you are. Yeah, well, I'm scared of your confetti cannons every time you point them towards me. So, yeah. <laughs> not <laughs> Obviously, you, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what a horrible euphemism that would be. My Why confetti cannon. Actually, I might start using that. I don't mind it's it. It's gone off early again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, probably I would be scared of fireworks. Yeah, I don't want. I don't like them. That's for sure. I think fireworks are overrated. Um, you know, if you go to a fireworks display, you, you you see the same thing over and over for about forty-five minutes. Um, so, uh, if you're at fireworks display. Um, Instead of listening to this podcast, I, I I don't think very highly of you. Um, or you could be listening to the podcast while at a fireworks display, which um, therefore you get criticised, or you might be doing something you enjoy. That'd be a weird life choice, wouldn't it? If you just uh, you've gone to a fireworks display and what you do and listen to a podcast about Cardiff, Cardiff. Yeah, about, <laughs> about a nil-nil draw. Well, oh, spoiler. You know, Sorry. Different folks are different. Different strokes are different folks. Um, well, we might as well talk about it. Um, yesterday was Stoke away. Um, trip to Staffordshire came uh, just as the the weather started to turn, but it wasn't actually that cold at the Bet Three Six Five Stadium. But the football on the pitch left us cold in a nil nil draw. Um, wasn't really much to write home about in this game, Ben. Um, so let's start from the start. Uh, Bullet stuck with the same team for you know what looked like a tough away game. Stoke had won three on the bounce against, I think it was Sunderland, Leeds, um, and Middlesbrough, so three good sides. Um, kept the same team, Robinson in, in the attacking role. Would you have liked to have seen a bit more attacking intent from the team, or do you think he was right to, to stay with what he had? No, I think fair play to him, like sticking with that. I think it's quite like I said last week, it's quite easy to sort of look at a game like Stoke and the run they're on and go back to Wintle back in the 10 or sort of like three midfield with Wintle in there and take Robinson out. So I was really like encouraged the fact that he stuck with that. Um, it's still pretty, it's still one of the most attacking teams we've put out this season. Um, Tom, you know, we were at the game, it was nil-nil um, and nothing really happened, did it? Well, it can, it felt like there was lots of stuff happening, but not really. Like there was a lot yeah. of going forward, but without there being any clear cut chances. It was a really strange game. It was like an enjoyable one, but if you ask me what my favourite moment was, I can't really remember any of it. That That's might be your favourite moment. Yeah, that might be. I don't know. I don't know. Colwell played well towards the end. <laughs> no, but um, yeah, it was a strange old game. I think honest picking the same team. Like we speak spoke to a couple of Stoke fans before the game, and they're the opposite at the moment, where they brought in like fifteen players in the in the summer. And they're chopping and changing every week. So it's quite nice to see us 
have like a starting eleven that we're comfortable with and you know rewarding the players for a good little run. But I thought it was a decent away performance. You know, I think all of us probably would have taken a point before the game. So yeah, I'm pretty happy with how it all went to be honest. Um. I- I'll come back to that, Ben. Obviously, it was nil-nil. I said nothing really happened. But that wasn't to say it was a bad performance from Cardiff, was it? I think when you look at the team, it was defensively solid. Um, We did well to keep the ball. We built up play. We probably had the best of the play, the best of the chances. It's just we didn't score. And and that's going to happen throughout the season, isn't it, Ben? There's going to be times where we just don't score. We don't come away with the win. Yeah, it was, what did we say a few weeks ago with the Blackburn game? It was a step up from that. But it still felt very end-power championship sort of era game. Um, But it was... Like, like Tom, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't no. good. It's a re- it's a really weird game to say. And like, yeah, we just didn't. We created stuff, but nothing like you'd go. Oh, we definitely should have scored there, but we still managed to hit the post and the keeper pulls off a worldie. It's an odd sort of game. I've come away with it, say, like disappointed that we didn't win, even though we didn't really do a lot. Yeah, and I was I was trying to think back. You know, I got in last night, watched the highlights, um, tried to watch watch the highlights again today, and it, it it really was just one of those games where you know Almick didn't really have much to do. Um, he, he was calm in everything he had to do, but I don't really remember him making any saves really that that made me think, oh god, they could have scored there. Like you say, Ben, we hit the post, we had some chances. Colwell came on, did really well, but it, it just didn't it just didn't didn't go in, did it? Um, uh, Tom, I think. You know, when you look at what what happened towards the end of the game, that probably the better chance. Obviously, Robbo hit the post, keep kind of pushed it onto the post. I didn't even really see that at the time, so I think it happened at the other end of the pitch to us. And then later on in the game, Winter had a really good shot that that went just wide. Um, but apart from that, it just we just didn't look like scoring, did we? Yeah, it's been the story in a few of our games this season where we get into attacking positions and we're not quite clinical. I think it's mad. Like even the four 0 you know, when at Huddersfield, we missed chances. So yeah. it, it feels like we do leave goals out there. And, you know, I think a draw was probably a fair result, but it did feel like a missed opportunity when we were leaving the stadium. I think, like, it, there was a little bit of frustration there. They felt like we could have killed them off at the end of the game. We could have taken one of the chances, you know. Like, I think McGuinness had a header at one point as well. Like, he probably yeah. should have done slightly better with. And yeah. there was a lot of little moments like that. There was a lot of huffing and puffing, you know. Bowler played really well out wide, but then there was nothing clinical in the, in the centre. We, we're still missing that kind of talismanic like striker at the moment. And yeah, that's a game where it really, really showed up. Yeah, I think, let's talk about individual performance, Ben. Um, I think Mate, you know, he huffed and puffed, but he didn't really didn't really produce anything up front. Um, there was a couple of moments where he probably ch- chose the wrong pass, chose the wrong option. But, you know, you know what you get with Mate, don't you? It just didn't feel like his sort of game, did it? It just felt like he was snuffed out really by their defence. Yeah, but again, I still don't think he like played badly. He worked really hard and tried to make stuff happen. It was just, I'm guessing they just pretty much had him sussed from the start. I think it's probably the issue yeah. there. It was just one of those. I think like uh, Atete came on, he sort of, things looked a bit more threatening. They struggled more with him than they did with Mato. But there were still times where he was looking to spin in a pass and possibly like the passes into him weren't the best. It was a few where he was, Oh no! The fin- if the final ball was a bit better, he's threw on goal. I'd like, after scoring the other game, I fancy him to score again. Um, it was just, yeah, just a bit of a slog for him. I did feel a bit sorry for him at times. It was just a tough, tough afternoon for him. Yeah, um, Tom, talking about good performances, you've already mentioned him, but Bowler on the right, um, it's kind of, in the second half, we were we were basically at the front of the of the of the stand really. And watching him up close, his close control is brilliant, isn't it? I think every time that he runs at a man, he. He takes one extra touch on the ball that kind of moves the ball left or right. He's really good in those tight spaces. And I think it looked like if anything was going to come from him from the starting players, sorry, anything was going to come from the starting players, it was probably going to come from him, wasn't it? Yeah, he's an absolute menace. Like, I wouldn't want to defend against him because you don't know where he's going to go. He's he's really silky. Like, like you said, his close control is spectacular. I think just lacking a little bit of end product every now and again. But... You know, he's been in and out of the team. He's had injuries and stuff like that. So you can kind of forgive him. I, I feel like with a run of games, he's only going to get better. Like, he is, he's a brilliant signing. Like, he just gives us a bit of an outlet that we didn't have before. And I think, like, on yeah. the break, for example, we did look dangerous. When Stoke committed men forward, we, we looked like we could punish them. We just didn't quite put our final ball in. But, yeah, I've been really, really impressed by him. And like you said, we really, I think we are in, like, the third row when we second half, right down the, up, up close to the pitch. And, yeah, it's frightening how, how good he is with the ball at his feet. 
Um, ben, let's talk about Ruben Colwell. Um, obviously, scored against Bristol. People were probably climbing for him to start this game. Obviously, Robinson started instead, but he came on, um, I think it was about half an hour to go, so he came on about the 60th minute. Um, he looked really bright when he came on, didn't he? Um, he got on the ball. It looked like he was willing to take on men, try and run at men. He was he was turning in and out. He was spinning on the ball. He was he was um, looking to bring others into play. Um, it, it just showed, I think, what a bit of confidence does for a player, doesn't it? Yeah, look, it looked like the weight lifted off his shoulders a bit. Those massively tall shoulders. Um, yeah. Just six foot five, apparently. Confirmed. Was that confirmed? Was it? Confirmed. Yeah, I've, I've, my sources have told me he's six foot five. But yeah, he just looked sharp and he looked like he wanted the ball. There's some really, again, like we spoke about earlier in the season, the link up between him and Tanner. Um, mm. There were a couple of bits there when Tanner came on as well. They linked up nicely. Um, yeah, he just looked really bright, didn't he? Um, I still think it was the right decision not to start him. I think Robinson definitely deserved the start, but yeah, a couple more cameos like that, and I think it's going to be a much more difficult choice for uh, Bullet to uh, out of the two who to pick. If you look at um, the stats for Ruben Colwell yesterday, obviously came on, played about thirty minutes uh, or twenty-eight minutes to be exact. Fotmob gave him a rating of seven. Um, his passes, in, he did five passes into the final third out of fourteen passes overall. Um, two successful dribbles. Um, one tackle, one kind of a couple of ground jewels. One. It just showed Tom, doesn't it, that he was trying to get us into attacking positions when he came on. Yeah, definitely. He's just got that kind of attitude that he just wants to get forward. He wants to attack. But um, but like at the same time, you can kind of see why he's not starting games as well. Like there's the odd like ball he gives away, and you can see like that link up between him and Tanner is potentially like so dangerous. But at the same time, it could be a liability. So it's that balancing act, I think, with players like that. When you've got two of them on the field, the stuff they can create is fantastic. But like, it, it is kind of throwing caution to the wind if you bring them both on together. But in certain games, I think that they could be an absolute asset. Like you know, especially when we're playing someone who's weaker than us, they, them two together could be absolutely deadly going forward. Um. Ben, obviously, we we came away with a point, nil nil. Um, you can say what you want about Stoke Day. They didn't really threaten. They didn't look that great. But that said, they were a hard side to beat down. Were you happy with the point in reality? You know, Stoke isn't an easy place to go on a cold, wet, any sort of day. Um, and, and and a point with the form they're in is pretty good, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's a really solid return. Um, it's the foot. They, you look at the run they're on. Like they've turned their form around. I was, like I said last week, like really smug thinking, you know, I've nailed that sort of a team. I think they're going to be right towards the bottom. But they're not going to be down there now. Look at the way they played yesterday. I think there's a lot, lot worse teams than them in this league. Yeah. So to come away from a point there, like if when you're pushing top half, top six, it's a good point. There's a lot of teams going to drop points to them this season. They, they, they themselves weren't at their best. I don't think. I don't think they were like they'll sort of say the same as us. Didn't create enough. Just didn't happen for him. It was just a game that felt destined to be nil nil. Sort of from the, from the time the second half kicked off, I was like, I don't see anything but a nil nil. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I think they'll, they'll, you know, I think when you when you consider the next few games, and obviously we look at games in batches. If we can, we were talking about it on the way up, weren't we, Tom? If we can, if we can get maybe four points from the next two games, you know, with us and Norwich, obviously talk about the Norwich game later. That would represent a good return, wouldn't it, Tom? Yeah, hundred percent. I think there was definitely some frustration leaving the ground, thinking that it was a little bit of a missed opportunity. But we look back on this as a really, really decent result. And like I said, if you fo- the important one now is we have to follow points away from home up with home wins. You know that when you when you block them up together. So, but I think yeah, they're, they're a decent side. They've got some decent players in there. You know, and to you know Dwight Gale and you know he's a decent striker. And to come away with a clean sheet, you know, I thought we were defensively brilliant. So yeah, I, it's a really really good point at this stage of the season, and it just keeps us in the mix of the top as well. Yeah, I mean, looking at the table, um, obviously Leicester and Ipswich are slightly far f- further ahead of everybody else. Leicester are top on 39, Ipswich second on 35, but then Leeds in third are on 28. Leeds look really good at the moment. So the fact that we're only four points on their tail is it's pretty good for the, for, the, for the part of the season we're in after 15 games. Obviously, Preston won yesterday. I think they won 3-2 against Coventry. Um, I think West Brom won at the weekend as well. So it's all starting to congest a little bit around there. But the fact that that point keeps us on the verges of the playoffs, on the edges of the playoffs, is as important as anything, really, going into the next international break. So we'll talk about the Norwich game soon. Let's get to Twitter now, twitter.com forward slash VFTNinian for um, the usual questions and, and comments from our fans um, and the people who follow us on Twitter. Um, 
I'll leave the one from our friend Ryan Marsh um, until the end because he's bouncing. And let's have a look at um, the first one from Abid Kahet. Start Mete or a Tete? Um, ben, start Mete or a Tete? At the moment, I think you start Mete. Um, I th- I think he's been brilliant since he sort of he since he's got himself fit and properly playing that central role. I think more often than not, that's when we look most dangerous. Um, I know Atete came on did well against Stoke and it's a great option to have between the two. They offer something slightly different, but for me, if we're at our best and we've got every, in our best, if you're picking like your FIFA best 11, Mate starts as a striker for me. Yeah, uh, I'd agree. I think Atete's got still still got a lot to offer and I, th- and I think it's just nice to have the options of Ugbo, Atete, Mate, Robinson, who could all play in that kind of central position. Even Carlin Grant, if you wanted to shift him inside, could potentially play there. I know um, Bullet prefers Carlin on the wing and he's doing a great job there, but um, it's, it's nice to have all those options. Uh, Chris Peplow, good to see you both yesterday. Coat looking smart. Thank you. Very good point yesterday. Great to see Tanner and Colwell link up. I think in his cameos, Colwell will break into the Wales squad this week. Also, hats off to Stoke for selling Hobgoblin at the bar. Bluebird's past is the jacket as warm outside as it was sat at your desk. Let me tell you, the jacket was very warm. Um, I was actually sweating by the time I got home. It was so warm. Um, for those who don't know, um, I bought a, if you've seen on Twitter, um, I bought a retro Cardiff City manager's jacket from about 2010 off Vinted. Uh, cost me 20 quid. Um, what is 20 quid? I had 20 quid. Had tags on as well. It was Flies brand new. Um, absolutely deliciously warm, very padded, very waterproof. Um, had a lot of uh, admiring glances at the game yesterday. Um, so I, I can't knock the purchase. Um, I can't knock the purchase. And yes, it was as warm outside, it was at the desk. Uh, Tom, Ian Ballinger, I thought Stoke were bang average and we should have won. Do we now go for the jugular on these games that look tough on paper? I think we kind of did. We still, we were still breaking forward. It wasn't like we sat on a nil nil. I think. I wouldn't change the way we're playing at the moment. I think another game, we could have easily won that one or two nil with a couple of goals towards the end. So I think, yeah, our confidence has grown. I think we can definitely start to attack some of these teams a little bit more. But I, I think we've got the balance just right at the moment for a, a game like that. Harry Dickens, whose coat is that jacket? Mine, obviously. Um, Oliver Reese, I've seen the jacket yesterday, not quite as fancy as the outfit worn at Norwich last season. Even though we didn't win, we looked comfortable, which is a breath of fresh air. Would have lost that last year. Bullock got us hard to beat. So I had to think about what I wore to Norwich last year because I couldn't remember. <laughs> and then Aaron Hocking from our Gala Life podcast messaged me and said, wasn't it um, the retro shirts day? And I was wearing exactly the same jeans and shoes as I was on, <laughs> on that day. I just wore a different coat. <laughs> Um, it's, I find it mad though that like you've done like podcasting like on and off for the last like thirteen years, and what you'll be remembered for is a long coat. Yeah. It's, it's like that's going to be your legacy. Well, it was what, almost, what that will be remembered for. It was almost the shirt, wasn't it, on Football Focus? That's true. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was almost, but I think I do think the coat's sort of overtaken that. That's just it's your difficult second album. I got so, all I'll be remembered <laughs> for is sartorial elegance and not the hours and hours of content I've given to these fans. Unbelievable. <laughs> Um, George Bundy Jones says the four hour drive up to Stoke felt longer than that first half. As soon as Colwell Etete came on, they changed everything. Time for them to start against Norwich. Um, ben, you know, we'll get to Norwich game, but I suppose the question's there now. Robinson was Robinson's good. We know how good Robinson is, but against the poor Norwich side, we'll obviously talk about their form shortly. Would you want Colwell to play? It, it could be, you know, an, an hour against Norwich could be the making of him this season. Yeah, I'm not too sure. I still think he's got a do a bit more off the bench in more than one game for him to sort of push Robinson out. I feel like over 60, 70 minutes, I think Robinson will do more. And then Colwell for that last 20, 30 minutes is a great option to come in. Same with Tanner. It's a similar sort of thing. I think give it the senior player for the moment. And then, yeah, look, there's after the next couple of weeks, the championship gets silly with the Christmas period. So look, there's plenty of time for Colwell to get a good run of games. I think for now, stick with Robinson and go from there. Um, Dan Lowe says, we look so well organised all over the pitch, players so well drilled. When was the last time we saw a Cardiff team like this? So nice to see. We never looked as if we were going to lose yesterday and had multiple chances to win. Big things to come, I think. Tom, is it going back to Malky when we looked as well drilled as this? I mean, Warnock, the players knew their roles. Um, Morrison, we were a bit sloppy. Slade, we were we were solid if uninspiring, but... 
Malky had us drilled, didn't he? I know for all his other for all his problems, but he had a, a system they were fit and the way they worked. That was probably the last time we had a system like this, wasn't it? Possibly. I, I think you're probably doing Warnock a little bit of a discredit there because I think I am. I, I, am. I think we, we were we were solid. That's the reason we got promoted. It wasn't because we were a team full of stars. We had we had players who knew exactly what they're doing in every game we're going into. And yeah, I think that is the most impressive thing about you know Bullet's tenure so far. You know, he's come in, new players as well, you know, brought a lot of players in on frees and loans and stuff like that. And we look like a cohesive unit to be playing together for a couple of years. So I think that is the most promising thing that we've gelled this early. You know, we're still only 15 games into a season. You know, he's completely new to this country, this league, but it looks like he's been in it for a decade. So I think it's I think the right in saying that there's there's promising things around the corner because we, we look we look good at the moment. I think there's still room for improvement there. Um, Lane and said we looked really we we looked really good all over the pitch, very organised. Could have nicked it at the end with Wintle, but we take the point. Plus, Colwell is on fire, absolutely untouchable. Sam Hill for a side who'd won three tough games in a row, we made them look average. Nothing for Alnwick to do. We kept it tight and couldn't could have won it at the end with better decision making if it wasn't for a couple of top save from their goalkeeper. Colwell must start next week. Starboy Morgan says, is it time to unleash Ruben? Maybe finally. Um, Welsh Mafia says yes our away fixtures from January are great our only long trips are Plymouth, Norwich and Rotherham which is the last game of the season this could really help us for a playoff push discuss um, Ben we have done some of our longer away trips already this season haven't we we've been to Sunderland we've been to Middlesbrough um, Stoke isn't an easy one to get to um, I think we've got Preston potentially in two weeks time or not two, two weeks time just over three weeks time but then it does seem to become a lot more local that will help us won't it as a the, the travel the, the kind of wear on the bodies will become ever so slightly less. Oh, massively. I think like the last thing you want, like we haven't really done many back-to-back weeks yet. If we uh, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, and they're coming in now. And the fact that they're all going to be not silly distances is going to be a huge factor in the recovery for these players. Like it's, it sounds a bit silly, but three hours on a bus and then playing three days later, ain't going to be nice for anyone after they've just done nine minutes of like top level football. So yeah, the longer they've got to recover, the better. And yeah, happy days that all those teams have got to come to us now. We've not got to go to there. Even like the silly ones, like I don't think Plymouth's too bad. Like, it's not sort of in the scheme of fixtures. There's a lot worse out there. The Ipswich is um, probably Norwich the worst. We've got away now. Well, if you look, if you look between now and Christmas, we've got Sheffield Wednesday and Hull. Um, obviously, they're quite far. Plymouth in January. Then it's Watford, West Brom, Norwich, Bristol, Swansea, Coventry, Birmingham, Millwall and Rotherham as our last away game, second half of the season. So that's a lot of closer games. You know, even Millwall, QPR, you could do on the train if needs be, whatever it may be. There's it's there's easy ways to travel to yeah. places. Yeah. And I think like having, being home on Boxing Day as well is a massive plus. When you look yeah, at fixtures, cold you turkey know. sandwiches. <laughs> yeah. Like the total that could take, you know, you've got Christmas Day the day before, then you're travelling, you could be travelling hundreds of miles that does take its toll on you I think sometimes you, you can see why people like Jurgen Klopp lose their head when they've got early kickoffs and traveling a lot and stuff like that it does take a toll on your body being cramped into a bus no matter if you're a peak athlete or not so I, I, yeah it's one of those things that probably is working in our favor more than it has in other seasons I was in a um, Wikipedia wormhole yesterday watching an FA Cup game and if we're on about like tough schedules they were on about like the old style replays it would be oh, actual yeah. time then a replay. Yeah. There was a fixture. It was Oxford City versus Alvin Church or something like that. Six replays in between league fixtures in the space of two weeks. That's horrendous. <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs> uh, Charlton are currently one all with Cray Valley Paper Mills, um, which is lovely. Um, on Twitter again, Matt, Matt DiffMJ, um, as he was known, was a nice was a nice part for being stranded in my hotel an hour after the game to speak to Stoke fans who were very complimentary of us. Lots said we're one of the best they, teams they faced. Can't remember last time we were aside. Fans were happy to get points against. Three final questions. Ollie Carter, friend of the pod, would love to know about the inside pockets. I'm going to disappoint you, Ollie. There are no inside pockets on my coat. Um, got two lovely outside pockets, kind of arm level around the hip area. Uh, really good. Got a zip on them so they can keep your things safe. Um, but they um, no inside pockets. Um, side note: um, don't take an umbrella to Stoke. They will take it off you and put it in a room somewhere. That was um, funny. Oh, is that what that was about? He's, he's getting yeah. herded away for having a purple umbrella. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was like, why are you taking my umbrella off me? It's raining. I need it. You um, look so dodgy with your big long coat having a word. My umbrella. Having a word of you. Yeah. 
Um, right, final two questions. Yanto, um, if you could only have one chocolate bar for the rest of the life, uh, rest of your life, what would you have and why? Ben, what chocolate bar are you going to have for the rest of your life and why? It used to be a crunchy every time, but recently I've discovered Tony's Chocoloni. Oh, mm. this guy's mm. got money. <laughs> it's only when it's on offer in Asda, but if it's yeah, two no, quid, no. you've got the caramel and biscuit. Oh my okay, days! Yeah. That is elite. So you're going to go with that one? Can I'm going to go with that. I think I'm going to go right. with that. Yeah. Tom, do I have to pay you go like? Uh, you do have to pay for it, uh, but you get you get government subsidy for half of a chocolate bar each time. All right, yeah, I'll, I'll go with that one. Uh, Tom, I reckon you're a lion bar man. No, I was going to say Kinder Bueno, but I think I'd be a bit sick of it after a while. So I think I'd go with something like fairly like bog standard, like a twirl. I think that's something I could eat on a repetitive basis and not get sick of it. So I think I'll go twirl. I'll go um, Galaxy, probably. Oh, I'd be sick if I had too much of that, though. It's very or rich. The, or the Kinder Maxi bars. Oh, I nearly said that, yeah. I could eat about 400 of them in one sitting. And yes, I would feel sick, but I'd be very happy about it. Is it the play- normal Galaxy, or would you go for like the cookie crumble, salty caramel? Well, I'm hoping there's a loophole, right, where I can go, if I just choose the Galaxy family, like you're choosing Tony's Chocoloni, can you have a different flavour of Tony's Chocoloni? Oh, the like Nougat one. Yeah. yeah, the Nougat one, or like the Ben & Jerry's Tony's Chocoloni is great. We're not sponsored by Tony's Chocoloni. If, they, if they're listening, they do want to sponsor us. That would be lovely. Um, but, you know, Galaxy now, you've got Galaxy, Galaxy Caramel, Galaxy Salted Caramel, Galaxy Cookie Crumble. If I can have a, you know, a, a, a smorgasbord of those, um, because I've chosen the, the Galaxy family of chocolate, I'd be very happy about it. Is that including Minstrels and Ripples, or is that going too oh, far? Oh, Ripple. I think they're a, diff- I think they're a different product. So I, I'm talking about your bog standard galaxy. I think a ripple is a different product. A minstrel, a counter, they're different products. A galaxy truffle, different products. Get to the heart of the issues here. <laughs> yeah, and I suppose the next question kind of feeds into this as well. Um, friend of the pod, Brian Marsh, uh, following on from the revelation Alternative Wales, uh, listen now wherever you get your podcasts, uh, and also congratulations to them on the FSA uh, nomination. Ben Price can guess what toothpaste someone uses just by looking at them. Um, I guess we're going to do a live um, prediction or um, quiz now, Ben, because um, Ryan's asked if you can let us know what Ben James and Tom use, please. Um, so it's over to you for this one. Um, what toothpaste or toothpaste, should I say, because uh, I was trying to avoid saying tooth. What toothpaste do I use and what toothpaste does Tom use? So this all started like as a pure chance and me taking the piss and uh, uh, reply to a question and... I've met Cows quite a few times, met Ryan quite a few times, so I know them fairly well. I've never met Megan Farringer. I think I've met her once in Tiny Rebel. And I managed to guess the exact brand and type of toothpaste she had. And it terrified her to the point where you could hear visibly through the feed, like the medium of audio, that she was properly uncomfortable with what that, rightly, the reply to that. Rightly so. Rightly yeah. so. It's, it's weird. weird. It was, it was, I went too specific thinking it would be funny and it just happened to be bang on the fact that she uses oral b for sensitive teeth and that's, that's exactly weird, what she and she probably got weirded out with it as you would so right you got a weird us out now what toothpaste okay. do we use tom i reckon you just get whatever's on offer in your shop for like a quid so some form of colgate i reckon col- that was probably true up until about a month ago. Oh shit! Hey, I forgot how much you pay for your gym. I can't imagine. Fake. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I'll go, Ben. I reckon you're a maverick. You're an interesting kind of guy. I reckon you get those flavored ones that you see advertised on TikTok all the time. I reckon you have like mango fucking toothpaste or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, so Tom, do you want to reveal what you use, and I'll do. I'll talk about what I use. Yeah, I use Colgate Max White. As of about I'm, three weeks ago. I'm generally a Colgate guy, but it's whatever Colgate's on offer. Colgate. Oh! Uh, so, like, you know, a Max Whitening, uh, a Colgate Fresh. It'll just be whatever's, like, two quid instead of three quid. Yeah. Um, All right, cool. So, so your, run, your, runs, your, runs, your runs ended, Ben. I'm fine with that, because it now makes it, everyone realise that I'm not a toothpaste-stalking predator. I potentially got it wrong. What do I use? Yeah. Oh, let me guess. Go on. Aqua, Aqua Fresh. No. But not in a tube, in like one of the pumpy things. Pumpy yeah, things. I was going to say that. You do look like a pumpy thing, man. 
Thank you. Is that a compliment? Yeah. I when, you have to like, when you're trying to pump it, nothing comes out, so you have to jab the bottom and hope that it pushes more never, up. Saying it's never happened to me before this when I'm trying to pump it. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I'm whatever fee buys from the supermarket. It's normally, again, the Colgate's on offer. It's normally either the purple or the crystals. That's a good one. It's a nice one. That's my yeah. my prep. That is, if I was going to pick one, that's what I'd go for. But at the moment, I think we've got the uh, just the whitening. Um, good stuff. Uh, just as an aside, um, in a previous job, I used to do PR for Colgate. Um, so we used to hawk their products to this morning television and things like that. The only good thing about it was really, obviously, was that in the office uh, that I worked in, they just had a fucking shitload of toothpaste. So if you were going away for the weekend straight from the office on a Friday and you'd forgotten toothpaste, they just go, just take one from the cupboard. And it was the expensive stuff as well. And everyone had lovely breath. Uh, yeah, they did, actually. Um, I think we got them on this morning once. That was pretty good. It got them in like a product segment on this morning. Um, I also did um, PR for, at that point, Yankee Candle um, and Slow Cookers, Crock-Pots. Nice. <laughs> I've, I've had a varied career, lads. Um, Twitter.com forward slash VFTNinian. All your tweets. Uh, get involved. We're always putting out shout-outs ahead of the next pod, which will be next weekend, obviously. Um Right, boys, uh, you know, rip, shamelessly ripping off my appearance from uh, BBC Radio Wales on Friday night. We're about a quarter of the way through the season, 15 games in. Uh, we thought we'd have to, uh, thought be a good chance to look back at the season so far and discuss whether we're ahead of expectations and all that good stuff. Um, so, Ben, you know, when we look back at this, our season predictions, um, I can't remember what any of us predicted uh, for Cardiff and where they'd be in the league. Um, but are we ahead of where you thought we'd be at this stage, Ben? Oh, def- I think we're definitely ahead of where we where I thought we would be. I've got I saved the predictions on my phone the other week actually because I thought this might come up at some point. Good. Go on, um, you had uh, Ben James predicted Cardiff City finished finishing tenth. Pretty good. I predicted Cardiff finishing twelfth, and Tom, where do you think you went for? Lucky eighth. You did, yeah. So look, so ahead of where we all thought, really, isn't it, Ben? Yeah, we all we're, we're miles ahead of where we all thought we'd be. So. That's an encouraging start, isn't it? Well, I think I said that we'd be high up and we'd peter out. So I think we're actually behind where I said we'd be at this stage of the season. But I think I was just being... I think I said we'd say we'd be somewhere like third or fourth. And then we'd eventually fall outside the playoffs. Show me where you say that on that fucking table. That's true. It doesn't say it on the table. True. No proof Who do, we have in the relegation, who do we have in the relegation zone? Let's see how that marries up at the moment. He had Preston. Oh, they're Good not there. They're above pump. Bloody hell. Huddersfield, be wrong. Huddersfield and Rotherham are the other two, so not too far off. Not too yeah, far not off. too far off at all. Um, who did you have, Ben? I had Rotherham. One. QPR. Two. And Stoke. Uh, and who did I have? So you got two out of three. I probably got a ball wrong. <laughs> Rotherham. Yep. QPR. Yep. And Huddersfield. So I was I I'm actually the closest to having them all right in the relegation zone because yeah, I've got annoying. three of the bottom four in there. But so you winning. did then put Preston as twenty first. So yeah, but we're we're not talking about twenty first at this stage. So um, <laughs> grow up. Um, <laughs> um, right, uh, yeah. Um, obviously, Tom, you had us in plucky eight, so we're seventh at the moment. Um, but you do that. You did say you think we'll peter out. So what do you think is going to happen now? I, I you know. We're slightly below where you thought we would be, but we're still in seventh. I think I was just being, I don't know, trying to be edgy. Yeah. No, but I think we're definitely ahead of where most of us expected to be. And I, I had like a little bit of a feeling that we might do something, but that was just because we didn't know what Bullet was going to be like as a manager and it was just all a bit exciting. So it was just the unknown. We could have easily been right down the bottom of the table. So I, I don't think there's one kind of fan who would moan about where we are in the league. And I think any kind of fan in their right mind would say we're ahead of where we'd, we'd be. Tom, can I just remind you that this is Cardiff City fans? They find things yeah. to moan about all the time. There is probably some pissed off Cardiff City fans out there that we're not in third place. Because um, we threw away points against Leeds and Ipswich. We, so we should be yeah, on 30 so points, true. really. We should be on 30 points if we'd won those games. Um, oh, yeah, true. Ben, obviously, 15 games into the season, I, you know, it's been remarkable really the 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 impact the bullet has had so far obviously been missing Ramsey for a few games as well we still don't really have a, a striker who's scoring regularly obviously Ugbo started the season um, but it's kind of dropped off um, 
are you excited? You know, 15 games into the season, it's a quarter of the way through. Are you excited now about the next 15 games? Because this could be the moment we really kick on, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's last year we and the last two three years like we've spoke so much how it's been a slow like a slog just supporting this club and following it i just like every saturday i'm really excited to watch the football watch the games again i'm really excited to get down the stadium i yeah. just got that vibe about the club i still like, i'm still not convinced by the ownership and there's still bits like that but for now i can sort of put that to the side and just enjoy football again and like cardiff haven't been the bit of football that i've enjoyed for a long time and just to feel excited to get down the city and enjoy it again is just, that's the biggest positive that will come from this whole season for me. Uh, Tom, obviously, Ben spoke very eloquently there about the the overall positive, just the feeling around the club. But what are the positives on the pitch for you so far? We're clearly a team, we've got a plan now. It doesn't feel like we're winging it. Um, you know, we've got plans for certain games, you know, players know but their we, roles. We do have good wingers though, so we are winging it True. really well. Again, we didn't have that for a while. You know, we, <laughs> we we didn't have wingers and stuff like that. So no, this we're just well drilled, you know. And you can you can see the players get on as well. I think yeah. it just seems like a nice bunch. And I think that's the I think that then you know goes into the crowd as well. When you've got yeah. players who are clearly enjoying being out there and playing for the club, it's enjoyable to watch them. So I think it's just the general atmosphere around the club is the biggest positive because, like you said, it's been wretched for you know, following Cardiff for the last few years. And yeah, I'm still suspicious of the ownership as well. But at the moment, I'm more than happy to go in along and just enjoy it, what we've got on the field. Because, yeah, it ended up watching, like, making sure you're watching Super Sunday as like a bit of a palate cleanser to, you know, reaffirm why you actually liked football after watching Cardiff last season. Because it was just dross. And this year, like, it's been, it's been so good so far. It's been really, really enjoyable watching the club that I've grown up, you know, supporting and absolutely love watching again. So... No, it, it, that's the main positive for me. It's just enjoyable to watch the club again. Um, ben, do you think, you know, when you look at last season and the players we had, it, you know, last season, as we've already discussed, it, it felt like it was a slog. It, only when Cabba came in, really, did it look like there was some enjoyment on the pitch again. It felt like all the players were just fighting amongst themselves just to keep their heads above water. This season, we've seen a lot more of the positivity away from the pitch, haven't we? Obviously, the club have, have done a lot more on social media. They've done a lot more filming within the group. You see a lot more stuff on Instagram, Twitter, whatever it may be, the fan questions. But that feels like a concerted effort from the players and, and the club itself. And it, that breeds positivity as well, doesn't it? And it breeds excitement around the football club. Yeah, I don't think it's like for the players. I don't think it's so much of a concerted effort. I think they're naturally doing it. Like that, I can't think for the last couple of years where you've sort of heard stories of like people meeting the players on a night out and the players buying fans drinks. Mm-hmm. And just a bit like that. It just feels like you're seeing more of the club in and around the city in just this natural environment, which is which is massively important. And that goes a long way with it as well. But yeah, it's just it's all just the little things moving in the right place at the right time. That's like just a hugely encouraging thing, isn't it? Well, what we'll say about Jack Alnick is um, on the way back from Norwich last season, when obviously we'd lost the game, we tried to offer him a single can of Nitro Funkin' cocktail, uh, passion fruit martini, I think it was, uh, and he didn't want one because um, I think he was pretty miserable after the football match. Um, and then in the summer, he bought everyone a nice bottle of vodka and some Red Bull in Portugal. So that's the turnaround we've seen when it comes to the boozing. Um, so fair play to Jack Alnick. I think he he represents the, the turnaround very, very well there. Um, he does you, like not just by the booze, but oh no, on the pitch as well. That couldn't get a look in last year to keep yeah. out a bloke that like Bullet spoke about. Runnison, he came in to be the number one, yeah, and uh, Alex just being too good to drop. I think he completely summarizes everything good about the club. He's got he gets the connection with the players, like he's there, he enjoys the banter, he's there, sort of joining in with the fans and stuff as well. He seems like an all-round good egg and everything good about that can be summarised in that bloke, I think. He's got a great beard as well. Yeah. Um, ben, best result of the season so far? Oh, it's got to be the Swansea win, isn't it? It's got to be that 1-0 win. 1-0, uh, was it? Oh, 2-0, sorry. <laughs> you forget about the second goal, I, I forgot about the Manichelli. All I ever think about is Tanner just slamming that goal in. Uh, Tom, best result for you? Yeah, it's got to be the Swansea game because I think it it gets a hoodoo, you know, off our back as well. And just, it, I think it leaves behind the baggage of the seasons before winning that game. 
the, the shift that you see then in the fan base because of winning that one game, it's just a huge momentum changer for the season. So it's not just about the result on the pitch, it's just what it represents. You know, it's a new era, um, a new team, and there's a new outlook from our fan base now. So I think there was absolutely massive. Um, I... I don't know if this differs at all, Ben, but what's been the best performance on the pitch? Obviously, the Swansea game might not have been our best performance on the pitch, but what, what for you has been our best our best 90 minutes of football? I think the Huddersfield, especially that first half, um, just dominated that game from start to finish away from home, made a poor team look even worse than they actually are. Um, yeah, I'll go with that. It's hard to say anything other than the 4-0 win, really, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Uh, Tom? Yeah, it's got to be. Like, it, it, it's, I think it's the closest we've had this season to a complete performance. You know, like we said, we probably still left goals out there even when we won 4-0, but that just showed the amount of chances we created, how dominant we were. And the fact, you know, it's, it's a midweek away from home as well. It, it's, it's a huge, huge result. So, uh, yeah, it's got to be the Huddersfield one. Um, I'm going to ask for you, your, your, your player of the year so far. Um, I think there's a few standout candidates, um, but Ben, who do you think has been player of the year so far? Uh, I think player of the year has been Perry NG, but I think Joe Rawls isn't far behind him either. I think he's been just super and no one's really talking about what he's doing. But yeah, I think it's Perry. I think stats back it up as well, to be fair. Uh, Tom? It's hard to argue against that, but I think McGuinness, I think he's still almost like an unsung hero a little bit. Because I think like... He's, he's been consistent every single game. He's popped up with goals as well. But because he's got Gutas next to him, he kind of loses a little bit of attention because of it. And I think, considering how young he still is, and, and it's another one of those players who's been at the club for a while. He hasn't just come in. He's been part of that transformation. And I think I think he's been absolutely... Clo- uh, he's just been brilliant for us this season. So I think I'll go McGuinness. It's... it's, it's- it's really positive though isn't it that we can choose three or four players I think for the yeah. first time in season you know last season it was like who literally has been the least worst well this season yeah. you could point to um, you know you could point to NG you could point to Gutash you could point to McGuinness you could say Siopis you could say Rolls um, and say any one of those players is is, is turning in good performances week after week and, and really having an impact on the way we play even Jamalou Collins he didn't have the best day yesterday against Stoke but for him to come back um, after his injury and come back and be in the form that he's in is an absolutely fantastic turnaround. And I think that is that is in itself a positive that we have five or six players that we can potentially choose from um, and players like Tanner and Colwell who are contributing from the bench. Um, it can't all be positive though, Ben. Um, you know, I've got to have some realism on the pod. We can't have a positive pod every week um, as much as I'd like to. Is there anything you want to see improved from this team? Is there anything that you think Bullet still has a lesson to learn on or anything like that? I think we're still not... I think we can take the game to teams more. I think we can do more. Sometimes we're a bit guilty of sitting off and letting teams have the ball and sort of bring the game to us, where I think we're at our best. Like, we're a very, very good counter-attacking team, don't get me wrong. I think some of the best goals we scored this year have been counter-attacking goals. But looking at, like, what we did with Huddersfield, I know, again, they're a poor side, but... There's no reason why we can't do that to a few more teams and sort of really sort of take the game to teams for... It's a struggle to do it for the full 90 minutes, but for the majority of the game, mm-hmm. I think that's what I'd like to see us do a bit more of. Tom, do you agree? Yeah, I think we lack a little bit of cutting edge still. I think there's, there's teams we could put to the sword, definitely, though, um, for the, the rest of the season. Um, I think we've, we're leaving a few goals out there. I think our, you know our final ball is not quite where it should be in a few games. But to be honest, there's not much I'd change. I think they'll just I think they'll just come as the season goes on, as players start to play with each other more, know where the runs are going to be. Like we saw it early on with Ramsey playing. Like his passes yeah. were kind of too good for our strikers. But then you saw that start to develop before you know we uh, his layoff. But I just and that that's just picking one for the sake of picking one because there's not much I'd change because I thought I think we've been brilliant so far and I think even Bullets adapted as well because I think earlier on we might have said some of his tactics or like substitutions for example yeah. like wrong people wrong time but I think that's improved as he's got to know the squad more yeah. and you know he's, he's not he's he's not scared to make some difficult decisions at times as well so well, I yes, think it's yes, all he's a prime example of those substitutions right obviously he took yeah. Robbo off for Colwell Colwell improved the game took Mete off for Atete and Atete brought something else to the game um, and even Tanner, when Tanner came on in, in the limited time he was on, 
he brought something else that wasn't there. And, and I think that's what Bullock's become good at, isn't he? He's identifying where there's something that he can improve with the players on the bench. Um, I haven't done a quiz for a few weeks, um, so I thought I'd bring one back. Um, just a couple of questions. Uh, nothing to worry about, lads. Um, it's from FopMob. Um, and it's to do with our performances so far this season and the kind of individual stats that exist within FopMob. So um, I'm going to start with who in our team do you think has committed the most fouls per 90 minutes uh, so far this season? Are we writing and these it, down it, or are we saying out loud? Let's just say it out loud. Let's just yeah. keep this you know, fresh, fresh. Uh, so Ben, I'll come to you first. Who do you think has committed the most fouls in 90 minutes per 90 minutes this season? Ah, oh, Perry and G. You think it's Perry and G? Uh, Tom? Wendell. Neither of you are right. Um, Perry and G is in seventh with 0.9 fouls per 90 minutes. Ryan Wintel is in 14th with 0.4 fouls <laughs> per 90 minutes. Mark McGuinness, this is impressive, 0.1 fouls per 90 minutes. So that basically really? means he's committed about a fa- one foul so far this season. Now, <laughs> um, Top of the list... Uh, he hasn't been booked, no. Top of the list, and by some distance, um, okay. is Yaku Meite. Uh, 3.6 fouls per 90 minutes. That's impressive. Uh, he did three Abu- yesterday, to be fair. Obviously, it's an average. So it's um, Abu Adams is in second place with 1.7. Uh, Ruben Cole's in third with 1.6. Um, so, yeah, that's that on the fouls. Um, let me find another stat because I had these written down in my head. Who do you think has committed the most successful tackles per 90 minutes. Most successful tackles per 90 minutes. Uh, Tom, I'll come to you first on this one. Siopis. Uh, ben? Siopis was going to be my answer as well, but I don't want to take two, so I'll go... Uh, I'll go McGuinness. You'll go McGuinness. So, um, bottom, E.K. Ugbo with 0.1 successful tackles per 90 minutes. Um McGuinness is in 12th with 0.6, um, a, t- a tackle success rate of 56.3%. Um, who do you say? Siopis, 0.9. Yeah. He's in 9th with 57.9%. Uh, top of the pops, again by some distance, Abu Adams with 3.8 successful tackles <laughs> per 90 minutes. Uh, tackle success rate of 75%. Second is this including the, Black- the Blackburn game though? And like the Birmingham game where he played centre-back and just got battered for 90 minutes? <laughs> uh, it's just a championship. Oh, okay. Championship. So, no. Um, right. Uh, expected goals per 90 minutes. Um, we'll go for an attacking one this time. Uh, ben, I'll come to you first. Expected goals. Oh, no, per... this isn't per 90 minutes. This is just expected goals throughout the season. I knew Carlin Grant. I feel like he should have had a lot more than he's actually got. Carlin Grant. Tom? I was going to say the same thing. Uh, Carlin about... Grant's in, in, in third with 1.8. Tom, who okay. are you going to say? You can say Callum Grant. Oh, do you want to say something? Yeah, yeah, Callum Grant. Yeah, yeah. Uh, top of the pops is. Uh, I had the EKFO. chance to go someone else, right? Literally, <laughs> could have gone. He's told no, no. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm an honest go. man. <laughs> I'm an honest <laughs> man. Uh, Ek Ogbo's got four. His expected goals are four. Okay. Perry Ng has an expected goals of 0.8. Yes, he scored three goals. Obviously, because he scores three kicks. Um. And then the final one, I'm going to go big chances created. Who's created the most big chances, Tom? Uh, Yako Mete. Uh, ben? Bowler. Is this total or average? Sorry. Uh, big chances created. I think it's just total. Oh, okay. Throughout the season. I'm going to go Grant then because he's played the most. So Carlin Grant's in second with three. Fuck. Um, Tom, did you say Bowler? No. Who did you say? Mete. Mete. Uh, Mayte's not even in the top 12 of people. Good stuff. I tell you what, uh, I've had an absolute me. Top of the pops is Joey Joey Riles with five. Five big chances created. A set piece, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, do we want one more to round it off? Probably not. Not best. No, I don't think so. No. <laughs> oh, I, I do have one. Final one. Uh, this is the one I thought I did want to put in. Um, accurate long passes. Accurate long passes. Let me find it. Accurate long balls per 90 minutes. Who do you think is top on accurate long balls per 90 minutes? Go on, Tom. You can go first, Sean. Alnwick. Fuck, that's exactly what I was going to say. I knew the answer is that. Uh, I'm going to uh, go... No, I'm basing it on just one long ball that I can think of and one diag. I'm going to go for Jamalou Collins. 
Alnix not even in the top 16. Uh, Jamalu Collins is in fourth with 2.9. Top of the pops is Mark McGuinness with 3.9 oh, accurate long balls per 90 minutes. So. Did they just not count um, keepers or something? Or have I just had an absolute nightmare? I think you just had an absolute nightmare. Okay, but I tell you who hasn't had an absolute nightmare: the Cardiff City women's team. They beat the Jacks today one 0 to keep up their unbeaten start to the season. Uh, I guess that counts as the double um, this season. So fuck off, Swansea. Um, I think they're doing an absolutely fantastic job. Uh, the, the guys who are in charge of the the women's team at the moment. Um, I think they're unbeaten so far this season. They're getting some big results. So long may it continue. And uh, we hope to cover that a bit more in the future. Uh, hopefully, we'll have something lined up over the next few weeks around that. Right. Rounding off the podcast, we're coming up to an hour. Look at us keeping it going. Um, Norwich, uh, next weekend. Um, it's a good time to be playing Norwich. Um, they've obviously had a bit of a shocker today. Uh, they lost, I think it was 3-1 in the end to Blackburn. Um, if you look at their form going into this weekend's games, um, it hasn't been particularly good. Let me just pull up the matches they've played recently. Um, four losses on the bounce. Previous to that, they drew with Coventry one all. Uh, they haven't won since the thirtieth of thirtieth of September when they beat Birmingham two 0 Since then, they've lost two one to Swansea, drew one all with uh, Coventry, lost three two to Leeds, two one to Middlesbrough, three one to Sunderland. It's almost like a reverse of the Stoke results. And then they lost three one today to Blackburn. Uh, Tom. Going into this game, um, it is a good time to be playing them, isn't it? The, the pressure's on Wagner. They need a result and they're, they're not in good form. Yeah, definitely. As long as they don't sack him before the game. I feel like the pressure is massive. Like the, the pressure's massively heaped on them. Like You could hear the boos in the game yeah. today when they went 2-0 down. And, you know, they've got a manager who's come out today and said, like, I think the first three or four minutes we came into the game well. Well, if that's what you're clutching at, you know, they're, they're going through a bit of a torrid time. So... Yeah, it's definitely a good time to be playing them. And it's a game now where we should be expected to win because they have been very, very poor. I know there's some difficult fixtures they've played in that little run there when you've got some teams at the top of the table, but we're a team towards the top of the table now. And at home, apart from you know that QPR game, we've been brilliant. So I'd be disappointed if we get anything other than three points uh, from the game on the weekend. Um, ben, obviously, it's a, it's, it's a good time to be playing them going into the international break. A um, couple of weeks off following that, obviously, with the Wales games in the middle for, for some of our players. But um, how important is it that we that we win going into the international break? Obviously, we're we're on the on the on the tail of the playoffs. We want to stay there. Um, three points in this game. I hate the phrase "must win," but it it, it feels like it would be a, a really nice way to sail into the international break, wouldn't it? Yeah, I think it would just sort of keep that momentum going. That it would just keep that buzz and that good feeling just carrying on. I think in this block, I think we've lost one game between mm-hmm. international fixtures. That's a cracking run. That with some of the games we've had as well, it's it's not been an easy thing. If we can sign that off with a nice, comfortable win against a side like Norwich, who like they should be doing a lot better than they are. I think that's the thing. Like they've still got a decent squad. It's not what it has been the last couple of years, but it's still not a bad thing, like a bad side at all. They should be much higher than they are. So it's not going to be it might not be as easy as it sort of looks on paper at the moment with like sort of and they were terrible today. Really poor. Yeah. But if you can come away with that with a nice win as well, um then yeah, you can be very happy going into into November, December, but- aren't you? They look like a just. They look like a classic team. Absolutely low on confidence, doesn't it? Obviously, when he came in in January, guy that gave him a pep. When we played him, I think it was around February time last year. Um, it looked for all the world like he was going to be a good manager for them. He got them on a winning run and, and started turning them around. It looks like this season they just look completely lost of confidence. And Tom, does that mean then that going into this game, an early goal, a goal in the first half, you know, us us coming out flying is going to be the important thing because that's going to dent their confidence even more, isn't it? Yeah, I think yeah, how we start that game is going to be key. Just don't let them get a foothold in it. I think that's why you, you'll have a bit of a clamour for yeah. you know Colwell to start because it's an ideal time to get at a team like this. I think I think the sensible thing would be him not to start, but there is a, a big part of me would like to see it because we could punish these early doors and they could crumble because their way following will drop. You know, the, 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 their heads will drop on the pitch because it's like, oh, here we go again. You know, so I I think it's a it's a huge opportunity, and I think we've got to come out, you know, other blocks firing and just get that early goal and kill them off. Well, that's what Blackburn did today. Like absolutely yeah. battered him for the first twenty minutes. Like you can say that the first three minutes they were in the game, but Blackburn just took it to him straight away. Two two goal lead after what fifteen minutes, fifteen sixteen yeah, minutes, fifteen minutes, and it was just comfortable from there. It was a harsh sending off as well. Like 
the only way Norwich got that back in at three 0 down was well, I say back in. They got the consolation goal after having a player sent off. Um, yeah, Blackburn just didn't stop. We we're relentless with them, just hammered them constantly. So yeah, I can see the clamour there. Like Tom said, for Colwell starting, I really can. And it, if you're going to start him, it's not a bad option. But for me, I'd rather Robinson start. Uh, I was about to ask you then, what would be your team? So you're going to keep Robinson in? Is there any other changes you'd make? Would you would you rest Mate? Would you bring Tanner back in? What are you doing? Your bullet. Put yourself in bullet shoes. Oh, I bet they're comfy. Oh, I bet he's got some nice shoes. He's got some really nice ones. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I same team that started against um who do we play? My mind's just gone blank, eh? Who do we play? Well, Stoke. this weekend. Stoke, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we've been talking about it for the last 53 my minutes. mind just went blank then my mind just went <laughs> like, <laughs> like you forgot about the Anne Ramsey goal against Swansea is it yeah I forgot am I, am, I having a, am I having a stroke can you smell burning <laughs> toast no no that might be okay, the fireworks outside though as well that like. could be the fireworks yeah. yeah anyway team come on same remember some of the other players we've got the same team that started against Stokes that's all I can remember um, I think David Marsh and goal, Paul Quinn at right back. <laughs> <laughs> Paul Quinn at right back. Tom, are you making any changes? I'm actually in Paul Quinn's shorts now. Um, what? I bought them in the club shop at the end of the season one year. They're actually they're Paul Quinn's match issue shorts. They were, I have number 14 yeah. on them. Yep. So, um, I, yeah, I, as much as I would be half tempted to bring in Colwell, I think, I think you just stick with that same team again. Yeah, like it's it's working, you know. They're well drilled, but they know what they're doing. And then you've got, you know, if you want to really get at them later in the game, the Colwell's fresh legs and Tanner as well could be yeah. it could be an absolute game changer if it is still nil nil at that point. So as much as I wouldn't be tempted to start them, I think the sensible choice is stick with what we know and yeah, get at them that way. I just fresh, feel the front the front three of Grant, Mate, and Bowler. Just run at a defense that's flat out of conference from the first from the first minute. It's gonna be horrible for them. Like they're really yeah. not gonna want that because they're all clever players that can take a player on and they're just they're hard as well, aren't they? They're not like they're quite physical players. So yeah, it's just it's a really nice front three to go up against a team that's low on confidence. And Bola wears his socks really low, and that looks good. Um right, Ben predictions. Uh, I'll go for a. I'm fancying this. I'm going to go for a 3 0 win. Uh, Paul Quinn getting on the score sheet. Yeah, Paul Quinn, uh, Gabble G. Pesh, and Philip Kiss. Beautiful. Tom? Uh, Shane Duffy might be playing, so there's a guaranteed what, two own goals there. Two there. Yeah. And a um, sending off. Send off as well. Um, I think we'll win 2 0. I think, I think we'll score fairly early and then score a second one fairly late. So it'll be nice and nervy for us for about 70 minutes. But yeah, I think I think it'll be a 2 0 win. I think we're gonna win as well. I don't, you know, um, I think I'll go 2 0 as well. Um, I just think going into the international break, you'll want to sign off nicely for a few weeks. Um, Norwich aren't that good at the moment, though they do have the the the, the kind of players to turn it around, but I just think they're low on confidence. We'll beat them and we'll sack another manager this season, um, which would be nice. Um and that's about it. Do you think we'll get rid of him? I think so. I their fans their fans are quite unhappy. I think it's more. I he I, from what I've sort of I follow a few like they don't seem to be so much with the managers the way the club's being run. I think it's sort of one of those scenarios. So of course it is, but I think the chairman aren't going to sack themselves, are they? That's true. Like, that's that's what it becomes. It doesn't. It, it you know you can be unhappy at the regime, but the regime can only do one thing, and that's change the manager. Um, you know we we're unhappy. We've been unhappy at our um the guys who run our club but the fact is the Bullets doing a good job now so the heat's off them if they get a manager in who does a good job and works within their system then the heat goes off them again so I think that's just what it's just the inevitable really a manager you know is only as good as the results he's getting if he gets another loss that's what five or six losses in seven games or something like that it's relegation form yeah um I don't even know what manager they they hire please don't hire Errol Bullet anyway um who Nathan Jones yeah, God, he's clamoring oh, that, that doesn't fit. Yeah. Um, no, it doesn't fit. It's a long way from the Ronda as well, Norwich. Um, that's it. Another episode in the bag. Um, if you like what we do, twitter.com forward slash VFTNinian to get involved. You can head to our website, viewfromtheninian.com. All our information's on there, ways to contact us, all that kind of good stuff. Um, 
the awards taking place next week. Please wish us luck. Um, the uh, Football Content Awards will be heading up to Liverpool next Thursday to um, go to Anfield and take part in the awards. Um, if you like what we do and want to give us some contributions, kofi.com forward slash vftminion. Uh, we do this for the love, not the money, but money is nice. Thank you to everyone who's given us via Kofi already this season. Ben, have I missed anything? No, I think you're on there. Though. Yeah, lovely. Tom, anything that you want to add? Uh, no, good stuff. Equivalent of stat padding to get to the hour mark. We'll be back next week after the Norwich game. See you then. They may not be that smart and they may not be that pretty, but they like to talk about Cardiff City. It's the view from the ninny and with views from the ninny and not shoes from the ninny and the view from the ninny. Podcast Network.